Die yeah. cut. Uh, I'm Ryan Panagos, aka Marvel's Agent M, also a vice president and executive editor, joined by Ben Morse, executive editorial director nope, of Marvel Comics got, nope, Incorporated, nope. vice president, cut, s- uh, editor of <laughs> games like and you, new media. You've Elevated, then lowered, then elevated, and spread out your title. Assistant executive editor of New Media. Nope. Anyway, uh, you're listening. Hi, guys. I'm Ben. Yeah. You're listening to This Week in Marvel. It's the official Marvel podcast of all news, new releases, uh, title mishaps, and uh, upset stomachs. Because I've got a dilly of a... Still hurting? Yeah. Do you know what the culprit is? Food. Let's let's walk it back. What did you have yesterday? Um, yesterday I went and I had Steak and Shake, mm. which is, I'm pinpointing it yep. right there. That could be the culprit. Yeah, with a, a Nutella milkshake. Oh, boy. Yeah. I don't do well with the milks. Yeah, you may be lactose intolerant, it's like like, like myself. Yeah, it's it's, probably it's, true. it's a doozy to come into later in life. Yeah. Speaking of lactose intolerant, we're mm-hmm. joined by... Jesse Quinn. <laughs> oh yep, it's true. <laughs> Speaking of lactose intolerant. Yeah. Sure, it's Jesse Quinn. I'm the the la, 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 the intern here. So she is the, she is the milk of this podcast. <laughs> Fun fact about Jesse: we just learned she's taking a podcast class. What? And yeah, yeah. she is it's right here. Really bad at it. She's not good at doing her intros, which we've just witnessed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. But this is on like this is on the ground. You're learning. You're figuring it out. You're getting all that stress out. You're getting there. to take yeah, it's a little two. Traumatizing you're actually. getting to take two sure. podcast classes at once, essentially, because this is, this is in real. itself a podcast class, a to, master class, if you right? will, in I podcastology. Went, I went to school, got a degree. I've learned more outside of school. Yeah. Than I have, as they say. Yeah. Sure. I would have loved to have majored in podcasts like Jesse did when yeah. I was in school, but I don't think podcasts existed when did they start no uh, it's like radio podcast it's like similar podcasts are like radio concept maybe how many years of schooling do you need to get your uh, podcast degree i have no idea because i'm only taking one class oh one class gets you a podcast degree. yeah sure that seems pretty it must get you like a certification or something what terrible school do you go to (laughs) um academy of art university in san francisco Oh. oh Okay. San Francisco featured in one of our comics this week. Sure is. Yeah. We should probably talk about what we do. My uh, wait. Well, yeah, we'll get there. Um, my wife is in grad school right now, and she's taking an elective on aromatherapy. Next. Yeah, so you could take an elective on anything. I'm a fashion yeah. student, and I took uh, podcasting for. And I don't know why I us? took it. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Fashion, and you're doing. That's why she got hired here. <laughs> Harry and I interviewed her, and, and Harry and I, Harry Go, had a, we had a discussion after. We just we go, what are we missing? You know, a keen eye for fashion. <laughs> Let's fill that role now. Well, and how are we uh, 
developing Jesse's fashion knowledge and, and skill set here during her internship? That's a great question. <laughs> I wish we had Harry here right now. He's the official intern supervisor. Yeah. Do you feel like your uh, your fashion education is being furthered by your work here? Um, yeah, to an extent. I think <laughs> there's a lot of costumes involved. Sure. It's not really covered in my fashion classes, I guess. Okay. Um, looking at different artwork of characters and how they're designed, it's kind of similar in a way. Um, yeah. There's, would you describe your... A relation to it in some way, would which you is why I chose this internship. Would you... That, that is not why you chose this internship. Did you... Would you describe um, the fashion tastes of your coworkers as being different from what you've experienced previous and thus thus a boon for you it's it's less eccentric here but less eccentric i mean i've seen the way yeah. harry dresses sometimes yeah so harry's definitely the most likes. fashionable person yeah. yep. in probably at marvel blacks grays <laughs> blacks on grays you've grays on met, blacks you've never met jeff Pullin, who's on I don't, uh, I don't think i've ever met him you know about jeff jeff no. is great he uh, he actually helped something that we should talk about later in this episode he helped develop the uh, Marvel partnership with Garage Magazine, oh. which is a big fashion thing. Yeah. I went to their party. I felt very out of place, but right. we'll get to that. We'll, but that's we'll what the fashion industry does to you, even if you are in the industry. Hey, Jesse, I said we'll get to that. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> Shout out to Adam Tracy, who just texted me, woot. <laughs> Terrific. I don't know what the context is, because I don't know what's happening. But I think it's time for us to dive into all the Marvel stuff this week, because we got plenty, lots of comics to get into, new releases, single issues. Uh, print, digital, collections, all that good stuff, as well as questions and comments and news, and it's just going to be a, a humdinger. Yeah, let's start things off with uh, some comics, specifically Amazing Spider-Man number 8, written by Dangerous Dan Slott, art by Matteo Bufagni, color art by Marte Gracia. This is the third and climactic chapter of The Dark Kingdom, featuring Spider-Man in China, fighting Cloak and Dagger, who are under the control of Mr. Negative. In this issue, we get plenty of cool Cloak and Dagger stuff. We get Spider-Man using his wits as well as his powers to take down one of his worst villains. And at the same time, there's a traitor on the loose. Spider-Man's, well, Peter Parker's girlfriend, Leanne Tang, has been secretly working for Zodiac, and so she designed the new Spider-Mobile. She uses the new Spider-Mobile to try to kill Spider-Man. So we basically, uh, we basically had Spider-Man... Cloak and Dagger, well, Spider-Man against Mr. Negative, Spider-Man against the Spider-Mobile, Cloak and Dagger are wild cards, but they have a big status quo update by the end of this issue. Awesome art by Matteo Bufagni, uh, a cameo by Mockingbird. We really get to see Spidey in action using all his cool tricks. They really take advantage of uh, the Chinese landscape. And by the end of the issue, we see that there's probably more that Spidey's going to have to handle in China. Not all his problems are gone yet, but not bad for his maiden adventure in the land of the Orient. Made in China, right? Yeah. Am I right? What? Uh, I'm stalling because I'm trying to figure out if the next book in our pile actually came out this week. What are you Angela, Queen of Hell, number five, does not look like it's on our list. Really? Uh, I read it. You read it. I sure read it. Let's just talk about We're it. Gonna, no, because what if we give away stuff? I don't want to give away anything oh, if it's not. It doesn't look like it came out last week. Okay. It's not out this week. Is it out next week? We don't know. I don't have future technology. You don't have, Maybe I can find out. What after. about Astonishing Ant-Man number five, which is also not on this list? Nope, definitely not on this list. Okay. Because I read it. I enjoyed it. Same thing. Let's not talk about that Okay, yet. let's not talk about that. But looks like we have uh, Avengers Standoff, Welcome to Pleasant Hill. That we can talk about. We can sure talk about that. 
Um, this is a big whopper of a comic book. Yep, sure is. Full of stuff. So it's uh, written by Nick Spencer, art by Mark Bagley, Scott Hanna, and Paul Mounts. And this is this is like the pre-kickoff to the kickoff? Yeah, it's weird. We're doing... Um, this is Welcome to Pleasant Hill, and then we have Assault on Pleasant Hill Alpha coming in the next couple weeks. Right. So what the the little mini event type thing that we're doing is called Assault on Pleasant Hill? I believe it's called Standoff. Right. Maybe with Assault on Pleasant Hill as part of it. A little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper. Hopefully we'll get a point one issue in there somewhere Uh, to really confuse matters. Anyway, the book starts off... It's it's awesome. This issue is great. It's really fun. uh, It starts off with Winter Soldier skulking about, as he does. Uh, I love him skulking about S.H.I.E.L.D. facility, getting into some stuff, and sees some stuff that like starts to confuse him. He's like, what the hell's going on here? He's in a S.H.I.E.L.D. facility, and things are not right. He sees a, an explosion, he gets caught, and then boom, fade to black. We come back, and um, we get basically this recounting of a little bit of history. We get uh, an officer and this guy who's got amnesia. Mm-hmm. He's woken up in this place, um, a, a very pleasant place, so one pleasant. would say, uh, up on a hill. Yep. And uh, Friendly Mountain, they call fancy it. Enough, fancy enough, they call it Pleasant Hill. Yeah. And he wakes up, and he's got no idea who he is. Um, and he's sort of like, well, what am I doing here? We get introduced to Dr. Eric Selvig. Yep. The Marvel Comics Universe version. Cool. Uh, which is very cool. But this kid, this guy, he's he's not really clicking with nope. this place. He does Something seems off to him. He is like Jesse on a Saturday morning. Uh, what does that even mean? I don't know what that means. Doesn't remember anything that happened. Sure. Feels out of place. Are you partier? Do you go out and No, rage? I go to bed at like 9 p.m. every night. That's well, smart. That's good I, Good job. I'm the exact opposite of a party animal. I love going to sleep early. So far. Yeah, that's my idea I, of a party is 100%. just sleeping for like 13 hours. Well, I don't like, I like getting up early too, but I don't like my new, my Yeah, new but thing, you have to go to bed at a certain time to get enough hours of sleep and then wake up early. My new thing is that my wife puts on this uh, British baking show. Hello. And, and I fall asleep to it while she watches it. It's great. <laughs> It's like I fall asleep with... They're so soothing, the British accents in my ear. If you need... Well, it's very boring. You could just call. I can record, like, a... Good night, Ben! Hello! I'll just say, like, like like that. Have a great night! Sleep tight, little brother! (laughs) A little bit of that, huh? Yeah, that that would really help. Uh, So, back to the comic book, and we've got Dr. Eric Selvig, seems a little off, and this guy is trying to acclimate to this... Kind of this life here, because... They don't want him leaving. There's something mysterious about this place. And he starts unraveling little bits and pieces, little clues here and there. Uh, like there's a creepy little girl he mm. doesn't really understand. Uh, he is uh, a little bit of a, uh, saves some stuff. There's a fire breaking out, and we think, okay, this guy, we've never, there's nothing explicitly said about who this character is, but obviously, based on all the events, you think it's Winter Soldier. Yeah. And, I uh, sure did. Yeah. Uh, although, you know, hair hair color's different and all that stuff. Yeah, that threw me. But I figured I just was seeing and colors like, wrong like I usually do. <laughs> or, you know, when he was when he was out, they, like, dyed his, dyed his hair. Yeah. Uh, Maria Hill shows up. She is the mayor of Pleasant Hill. Mm-hmm. Ding, 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 ding. That's going to set off anyone's alarm. Red flag. Yeah. Uh, those red flags set off uh, a whole bunch of stuff. Then we get to see 
really what this town is all about. And by the end of the issue, you know who we're watching mm-hmm. and what is going on. And that will really lead us into the standoff on uh, standoff assault on Pleasant Hill. If anyone enjoyed um, the show Wayward Pines that was on last year or read the books it was based on, nope. there's a very similar vibe for this uh, for this story. So I think people would dig that too. It's the same kind of like subversive guy wakes up in a town, like a idyllic town, doesn't know where he is, and there's really a conspiracy behind the whole thing. Thing. What, did you just spoil the whole show? Huh? No, I gave you the premise of the show. He oh. wakes up and there's something going on. I didn't. I said there's something going on behind it. Okay. It was very vague. Um, anyways, this book is better. Read it instead. Don't watch TV. Uh, also read Carnage Number Five, written by Jerry Conway, arc by Mark Perkins and Andy Troy. This is the finale to the first arc of Carnage, where we've had our heroes trying to fight him underground, underneath this mine. Uh, There's two main threads running here. One, Carnage, who has emerged into this crazy, magically powered by the Darkhold, facehugger, gross alien-looking guy. He's fighting Toxin. Toxin, in this case, being Eddie Brock. And while they go at it, the other, the human characters, including Manwolf, try to figure out how they're going to get out of here, if they can take down Carnage, what the cost is going to be of taking down Carnage. This continues to just be a creepy, horrible book, um, horrible in a good way with Mike Perkins providing beautiful, beautiful, scary, disturbing art, with Andy Troy aiding him very nicely with a very dark color palette. And by the end of this issue, Carnage is either in captivity or has escaped to somewhere else, which means we'll have a brand new story arc next issue. Has he joined Right Said Fred? He may have joined Right Said Fred. Jesse, do you know who Right Said Fred is? I do not. Fair. All right, up next we've got... (laughs) Not the Deadpool and Cable split second issue that's in front of me. I did. Wow. I did some investigative journalism. Mm-hmm. Angela, Queen of Hell, next week. Next week. Astonishing Ant Man, next week. Uh, so I'm going to assume this this Cable and Deadpool book will be next week. Yeah. Look at it. Look at look up Hercules while you're at it because that's coming down the pipe. Yep, Hercules. Say. Next week. Well, we are. What's ahead. going on today? We are ahead of the game. Yeah. I've got Extraordinary X-Men over here, which I know came out this ding, week. Ding, 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 um, ding. Extraordinary X-Men is written by Jeff Lemire, art by Victor Ibenez, and colors by J. David Ramos. Two tracks on this story. We've got Storm and Jean Grey inside the mindscape of Nightcrawler, trying to find out why our favorite fuzzy blue elf has gone a little out to sea. Uh, he has suffered some terrible things. And they are going to get to the bottom of it. But unfortunately, his consciousness is not a very friendly place. And Gene might be much more adept at navigating it than Storm, interestingly enough. Gene! Thank you. Uh, Meanwhile, in Weird World, Colossus, Old Man Logan, Magic, and Iceman have tracked down Sunfire, who apparently was up to something with Cyclops before Cyclops' demise, and is now under attack in Weird World. Magic ends up having to battle a rival sorcerer. She tries to liberate Sunfire from there gets a premonition of what might be to come for her. And by the end of the issue, all the X-Men are reunited and ready for another big, tough mission. But the but the scars, man, the scars on them from what they've learned, from what they've been through, those shall not heal so easily. Ooh, that's poetic. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have a... We also have Max Ride, Ultimate Flight, number four. Well, I was going to say, Marvel Universe Avengers Assemble, season two, but I don't, I don't see, see that it. issue. Marvel Universe Avengers at Assemble, season two, number 16. It's probably based on the cartoon. Go check it out. Probably adapted by Joe Caramagna. Yeah, obviously adapted by Joe Caramagna. Uh, 
Max Ride, Ultimate Flight, number four, is written by Jody Hauser. The art is by R.B. Silva. The inks are by a slew of people, including LeBeau Underwood, Walden Wong, Scott Hanna, and Larry Welch. The colors are from Rachel Rosenberg, and is all based on the work of James Patterson. Hot dog. All right, up next we've got Mighty Thor, number four, and that is written by Jason Aaron, with art by Russell Dodderman and colors by Matt Wilson, and... God dang, this book is beautiful. I mean, it's it's great. Jason writes a hell of a story, but holy crap. You put Dodderman and and Wilson together, and it's like magique. Magique. It's magique majeure. Uh, especially because what, one of the things I love is that Russell does a lot of the sound effects. And we've talked about it before, but mm-hmm. he actually draws the sound effects in using, uh, in some places, using elements from, you know, the, the environment and stuff. So, like, I'm looking at here, which has Thum, yeah. you know, out of rock as Thor crashes down into uh, into the Earth or whatever plane of existence around Svartalheim or Nordalheim or... One of them Heims. Yep. And um, they're in Alfheim. And uh, this is big battle between, um, you know, Thor raging against the Dark Elves, but... There ain't so much battle going on in this issue. It, it sort of stops quickly because the Light Elves uh, and their queen um, say, hey, Queen Elsa's like, yo, too many people are dying, bros. Stop it. Yeah. How do we fix this? Let's talk. And then like, she's like, hey, bring me that Malekith, bro. I want to talk to him. And we'll have a little sit down. And it goes horribly awry. Uh, you think? Yeah. How does... She's a smart lady. She's a queen. She's leading her people. And I know she's leading her people and trying to do right by them, but clearly that's not going to end well. This guy is a murderer's horrible thing. I would say it speaks less to her being a bad queen and more to the fact that you just can't prepare for Malkith. He just always... No, he always has something up his sleeve, man. Just set him on fire or something. No, they've done... They tried that. gum in his hair. They may have tried that, too doesn't work he's a tough guy to handle blow a whistle in his ear that meant that might work um anyway so we've got all that uh there's some really great interaction between loki and laufe mm-hmm. uh the resurrected a lot of Laufey. fun what that's a lot of fun yeah that dynamic oh man and the way he calls loki call, keeps calling him daddy daddy is both awful and wonderful at the same time uh there's all kinds of drama going on in this guardia to the point where there is some insurrection type stuff happening in the hallowed halls. Isn't that a Mortal Kombat movie? Was that Insurrection? Maybe. Wasn't that a WWE pay-per-view? It was also, it's definitely a WWE pay-per-view. I'm trying to see if it was also a Mortal Kombat movie. I think Mortal Kombat Annihilation? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Deception? Resurrection? Give us a word with ushun at the end. Cushion? Cushion. Cushion. Yeah, Mortal Kombat That was a pretty easy one. It was a really good one. Um, Fashion. This, this issue ends uh, with Thor taking Mjolnir and throwing down against a character we've been dying to see get hit in the face with a giant hammer. Oh my god, you, you totally sped over all the horribleness that Odin does in this issue. He is right. the worst. He is... The worst times infinity. Like, he is one of the worst, just period... I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we're going to get, like, a scene where 
we reveal, oh, it was Cole worm-tonguing. I don't know, man. I kind of love this, but it's because it's like we've always said Odin's a jerk, and Odin's kind of always been a jerk. This is like Jason Aaron writing parody-level stuff of Odin being a jerk, just like blown out of proportion, totally unreasonable, totally full of himself, won't listen to anybody. It's it's some classic stuff. It's uh, it's Odin at its fi- his finest, I dare say. I would I would say you are right. All right, next book is Power Man and Iron Fist number one. Yes. Uh, written by David Walker. Yes. Art by Sanford Green. Yes. And Lee Lowridge. Yes. Uh, Sanford Green, one of the listeners to This Week in Marvel. Hey, yeah, Sanford Green, you're a talented person. <laughs> I really, really, really like the art in Power Man and Iron That's Fist. True. It was one of my favorite parts. I just love the way you deliver that line. Hey. Uh, but this is like, this is, it's kind of everything I hoped for. It but really not was. anything I expected. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, I didn't know, I let me back up for a second. Back it I up. I love the idea of Power Man and Iron Fist. Right. I have liked them through the years in bits and pieces. I was never a Power Man and Iron Fist like reader. Mm-hmm. I don't know that the series was ever really going on very much when we were No, I think younger. it ended in the 80s. Yeah. So I like the idea of these two dudes who are awesome at Heroes for Hire and all yep. that stuff. Very cool. And I've read them a bunch. And I love Luke Cage. And I really, really like Iron Fist. But this is like them side by side doing some really cool stuff and it was better than I expected but more than that David Walker really taps into a dynamic that I think we're all familiar with that is the f- best friends who are still best friends because they'll always be best friends Did you say best friends? I may have uh, but <laughs> they're still best friends they're well, still best friends because they'll always be best friends but they have not drifted apart, but one is a little further on life's little trail. You know, in this case, Luke is married. He has a kid. Danny is still a bachelor, kind of on his own. Luke is far more mature. Luke than is far more mature than Danny. And seeing that dynamic, instead of just kicking it instantly to, oh, Luke's playing hooky from his wife and kid, and he's irresponsible. It's not. It's he is this super responsible character. And I would. I would, I would, from the few Iron Fist and Power Man stories from the 70s I've read, that's a reverse dynamic because he used to be kind of the hot-tempered one, whereas Iron Fist was the one who held back. So that inversion, I think, is very cool. Yeah. I like Danny being this goofball character. I do too. Uh, and Luke being the Luke that we have come to know over the last... Yeah, well, I also like that Danny's not like, man, Luke has a wife and kids now. He's boring. He's yeah. like, he wants to be part of his life. He's yeah. like, tell your wife I said hello. Yeah, like, so why can't we all be friends? One of the first bits in here, it's the second, it's the second, it's the first actual page. Uh, Luke is calling Jessica to, to go over what mm-hmm. they're doing. They're going and picking up. Uh, it's Jessica Jones of Netflix, Jessica Jones fame. Yes. Uh, Luke and Danny are going to pick up Jenny Royce. Who I would assume is a, yep. a old supporting character. Uh, their former office manager for Heroes for Hire, and apparently a convicted killer. Ugh. They're picking her up from jail, um, but Luke is calling Jessica to just talk, and Danny says, "Tell Jessica I said how you doing," and uh, saying, "Hey, kiss the baby for me." Like really, you like? Yeah. Said, he really just he wants, wants to, to be, be and yeah, he wants to be part of the life. It's great. Um, and Luke's just like, I don't want my irresponsible friend mixing with my family yeah um we do get uh that you know the scene with jenny and i think it's really really cool really touching Mm -hmm. you get some just like 
super friendship vibes. And it, it's terrific stuff. They go to... Jenny tells them, hey, uh, I've been out for a while. This this piece of uh, a fair family heirloom was stolen. I would love it. I would love to have it back. It's the only thing I, I have, mm-hmm. and I don't have it now. Anything you guys could do for me would be great. And so they're like, sure, Jenny, we love well, you. Well, Iron Fist is like, sure, we love you. We'll do it. Luke is kind of like, eh. Well, Luke is kind of like, I want like, more uh, information. Because he, uh, he also eventually will find out that they have to go see Tombstone. I love Tombstone. I love Tombstone, and I love Tombstone in this. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the way Sanford draws him. He's scary as hell. Yeah. Like, he's imposing. He's got this just this cool hair. He's all scarred up, and he's got these crazy teeth, and he looks dangerous. Like, he always... There's always, like, a levels of, like, cool and dangerous that he, he has. Sure. But there's something, like, incredibly menacing about him in here. I agree. It's great. Uh, then they have a big old throwdown, what you expect, and some stuff gets a little bit wonky. So there's there's something off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, nonetheless, Luke and Danny follow through. They, they help out their friend. And then we get some really cool scenes of the aftermath of all that and where this series is going. This is a hell of a first issue. Yeah, another thing I love about it is it's a done-in-one issue. You could read this and you could easily just skip the last page and be like, okay, that was an adventure of Luke Cage and Iron Fist. And now I know what they're like. But if you read the last page, there's a perfect segue into what's going to come next. It was, like you said, an exemplary way to launch a book. Speaking of exemplary ways to launch books, that happened one issue ago for Silver (laughs) Surfer. Now on issue number two. Um, I got to say, a while ago, Danny Slott came into the office and went on one of his... Danny? Danny Slott. Um, You know, Danny Slott and Luke Cage. Um, (laughs) He came into the office and, as he often does, was really, really excited about something he was working on, in this case, Silver Surfer, and gave me the full overview of the Silver Surfer... What is it? I think... 50th anniversary celebration. Dan loves doing that. Like, I know. Oh, hey, let me tell you everything I'm doing yep. over the next 18 months. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he just unloads it. So I knew it was coming this issue, but that didn't make this issue any less awesome to read. It starts in flashback on Zen La with Norin Rad and Shalabal, and Norin proclaiming that he wants to leave Zen La because he wants to see what else is out there. And then a mysterious a mysterious character called the Keeper of the Great Truth explains to him why Zen Law does not expand. Then we cut to Earth, where a surfer is with Don Greenwood and her family. He's been there for a little while. He's getting a little restless. Luckily for him, unluckily for the planet, he finds out that there's an alien threat amiss. He goes to try to recruit some backup from the Fantastic Four, but if you read Secret Wars, you know they're not around anymore. From the Avengers, if you're reading all new, all different Avengers, you know they're not where you would expect to find them. So he instead goes to Alicia Masters. And this would be a good thing, if not for the fact that now he has Dawn and Alicia, the two Earth girls he's basically had a uh, Bone Zone history with. And as you know, you never cross Bone Zone histories if you can avoid it. Isn't that right, Ryan? What? <laughs> um, so I, was he's reading, got... I was rereading a part of Spider-Woman that I really like. So Silver Surfer's got Dawn Greenwood. He's got Alicia Masters, his two Bone Zone familiars. We'll call oh, them. we got to the bone zone. Yeah, where they're they're oh, they're in the bone zone. Missed the trip to the bone zone. Yeah, so there it's awkward. Um, Dawn's realizing she is not the first Earth girl that Surfer has shown the stars to, if you will. <laughs> he does all his pickup lines and tricks with Alicia as well. And while that's being awkward, Surfer goes off and confronts the keeper of the truth, who is now at Earth and now wants Zen Law to take over Earth. 
He has to go up against the Thing, who's been transformed into the Herald. They get bounced around Yancey Street. The art's great because it's Mike Allred and Laura Allred. And the reveal of who the new Keeper of the Truth is makes a complicated situation for the Surfer even more complicated. And will be continued next issue in Silver Surfer number three, the 50th anniversary of Silver Surfer. I wish, I wish Queen was still around, because the band Queen, the band Queen, because I would love to see. If Jesse, have you ever heard of Queen? Obviously, you didn't know who Red <laughs> Said Fred was. <laughs> Equal icons. I'm walk past that one. All right, walk past but, that one. Uh, I wish Queen were still around, because I would love to see if they could do a song called "Keeper of the Truth." Oh, I'm sure they would. Right? Yeah. How badass would that be? Be pretty good. Brian May is pretty great. I follow him on Twitter. You yeah. should too. Okay. Anyway, um, Spider Woman number four, big. Issue. Big issue. Uh, fun fact, behind the scenes action. And I know some of you people listening will be like, dudes, could you be more professional and figure out what books Lots. actually came out this week? Yeah. And we're giving you the real. This yeah. is happening. This is live. We don't pull the curtain in front of you guys. No. We're not. The curtain is wide open. We are not. We've opened the kimono before <laughs> the kimono even came on. We are not the comic company that has a closed curtain. No. No closed curtain. We're giving it to you all live and raw and, and wonderful. Filthy. But that said, all those books that we got are that are for next week, mm-hmm. we didn't get Spider-Woman this week. It didn't come in our stacks. We're just humans, you know? Yeah. We're just mortal men. Mortal and, and a lady. And a lady. Uh, we're here, though, and uh, since we're recording this later in the week than we normally do, I was able to read Spider-Woman number four. Uh, digitally, mm. uh, read it this morning, and man, it is terrific. It might be possible we didn't send it out this week because something momentous happens in it. I mean, we've been telegraphing what yeah. happens pretty, yeah. pretty heavily. With <laughs> where, our where, there, where there's smoke, there's usually fire. <laughs> uh, but anyway, this is this is the big issue, um, written by Dennis Hopeless. Art by Javier Rodriguez, inks by Alvaro Lopez, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. And we sing the praises, mostly I sing the praises, because I tend to talk about this book, I think, more than I've, you. I've sung its oh, praises many a time. Usually I'm the one who, who covers Spider-Woman. Yep. And this is another absolutely gorgeous issue. It's stupid. Look yep. at that. Look at It's amazing. Two-page spread here, and it's bonkers. It's completely easy to follow and understand. But at the same time, it is such off-the-wall, wonderful comic booking hmm. that I am just pleased as punch that we put out this book. Uh, this is the big issue where Jessica is going into labor. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's having some problems, though, on a number of fronts, both from the labor itself. And because there are a bun- there's like an army of uh, scrolls chasing after her... Ain't that always the way. And the scroll prince, who is like... Like a good kid. Mm-hmm. He's like mm-hmm. just this kid who he has cancer and he's mm. not doing too well. Um, and this where he is in this hospital is just trying to keep him safe and trying to get him healthy, right? So he's here and he immediately latches on to Jessica and they have this cool little team up. Um, and she saves his butt, he saves her butt. It's really great. We get to that moment where Jessica has to lay down on the table and pop out a child thing. Yep. That's the that, scientific that term, moment. I Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can confirm. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I won't spoil anything more, but it is wonderful. It is touching. It is funny as hell. Uh, and it is just terrific. 
And as soon as I get a hard copy of it, I will I will run it by my wife, who's a labor and delivery nurse. Yeah, have her and, fact check it. And we will fact check here on This Week in Marvel. <laughs> we will call Dennis Hopeless and let him know how he did. Like, what? I have twins. Go Guys, away. I, I saw this. I know how this works. <laughs> um, all right. Squadron Supreme number four. The squadron has been taken to Weird World by Thundra and her little elf sidekick to take on Archon and and the big villain of this book who is returning Ryan Panago's favorite. Did you read Squadron Supreme? Yeah. Do you not remember? Oh, yeah. Your, oh, my God. Your oh boy. My God. Oh, my God. Your oh boy God. is back. Oh I'm not going to say who it is. Uh, We've talked about him before yes. many times on this podcast. Finally. Uh, he's screwing with the Squadron's powers. The Squadrons have a traitor in their ranks. Nothing's going well for the Squadron Supreme. Hyperion and Thundra managed to get away, so they're going to have to launch. If there's going to be any sort of recourse to get the rest of the squadron out, they get help from an unexpected quarter. There are tons of characters in this book. It was written by James Robinson. The art is by Leonard Kirk. You've got inks by Paul Neary and Mark Deering, colors by Frank Martin. All sorts of stuff going on for the Squadron Supreme. Yeah. I, I, I think I read that issue when I was doing when I was in the laundromat uh, the other morning and I was like what lost it I was so excited so that big reveal is going to be huge for you guys alright on to Star Wars number 16 <laughs> numbers they're hard a double uh, digit number is unusual for us yeah uh, we've got uh, written by Jason Aaron art by Laniel Yu Jerry Alanguin and Sonny Go uh, this starts the new arc called Rebel Jail and, rebel uh, jail, so rebel jail, gonna the, go to rebel jail. At the end of Vader Down, uh, Dr. Afra was taken prisoner by the Rebellion, and uh, so Princess Leia and a bunch of her rebel dudes uh, have her, and they're going to take her to prison, and of course she breaks out of her um, her chains, that they uh, binders, they call mm-hmm, them in the mm-hmm. Star Wars universe, her binders... Four or five times? Yeah, the fourth times she breaks out and nearly escapes, pointing their own weapons at them. But luckily she's saved when uh, uh, the ship is accidentally, uh, or Princess Leia is saved when the ship is accidentally attacked. And Sana, the not solo, yeah. uh, takes over, uh, takes charge and knocks Afra out. And she has a history yes. with Afra. There's some cool history there. But that leads us to this cool part of the, the Star Wars universe called Sunspot Prison. Yeah. Which is um, a place that, quote-unquote, doesn't officially exist. Yep, it's run by Roberto da Costa yeah. of and, the New uh, Avengers. How dare you. <laughs> uh, it's the biggest, baddest penitentiary the Alliance has to offer. Um, so it's, like, right near a sun, and it is very warm in there. And it's supposed to be very secure. Yeah. Obviously. Unpleasant for a prisoner to just stare at the sun all day. Yes. Obviously, Dr. Afro does not want to be there. She is perturbed. Mm-hmm. And um, she makes a lot of... She's trying to cut deals. She's trying to warn them. I'm going to get out of here. You're all dead. Vader's going to kill you. Or I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Or someone's going to kill you. Well, that's going on. We scoot over to uh, uh, Han Solo and Luke Skywalker who are being scoundrels, mostly mm. Han, and cheating at some cards, or uh, I think they're cheating at Sabak, Sabak, however you pronounce it. Uh, they're doing that. They're getting themselves into 
a little bit of uh, trouble and a little bit of smuggling coming up for them. Uh, but really, the meat and potatoes of this issue is all about Sunspot Prison and what lies ahead in Rebel Jail. Did I, last week on the podcast, had I already seen Force Awakens? Maybe. Did I mention it? Guys, I saw Force Awakens. Pretty good movie. Yeah, congratulations. Go check it out. I think it needs all the help it can get. Yeah. So anyone, if anyone out there wants to go see The Force Awakens, I mean, it would Star be Star Wars, about, The Force Awakens. Yeah, us and the Walt Disney yeah. company. It would just, it would be really. It's, it's a solid, it's a solid flick. Jesse, have you seen it? This has been on my list and a topic <gasps> of discussion in my life lately that I missed an opportunity to go see it. I passed it up. It's, and then now I just haven't seen it. Yeah, that's what so happens. it's like, it's an issue now. And that's I definitely need to The same thing it. happened to me. And I turned my life around. You can do the yeah. same. Like, I might even go by myself at yeah. this point. I Going to movies by yourself is yeah. awesome. It is so yeah. great. Like, I can't wait for anybody anymore. Yeah. I have to go on you my own. Good. Exactly. Good. Exactly. Uh, another fun fact. Alexis, who was the interim intern who helped us mm-hmm. out for a couple weeks on here, uh, she has not seen a single Star Wars film. Really? Yeah. So she has more work to do than most. She's also never seen Ghostbusters. She's also not someone I am pleased to have any yeah. like, contact with. I would with. assume she's been banned from the podcast yeah, forever. It's despicable. Just like a pop culture typhoid Mary of some sort. It's, it's a damn shame that she's really good at let's, all the videos that let's, she does. Let's shake that off and move on to Starbrand and Nightmask number three. Written by Greg Weissman, art by Domo Stanton, color art by Jordan Boyd. Uh, Starbrand and Nightmask are acclimating to college in this issue. Starbrand's got a crush on his RA, or whatever her their name is for him. There's stuff going on in space up in Kripama. There's stuff going on in the Arctic, the Arctic Circle to be precise. And if you, for some reason, made some sort of bet that... Uh, two comics this week would feature both Maria Hill and Graviton, then congratulations, because you can collect your money, because they're both in this issue, and they're both in Welcome to Pleasant Hill. If you had the Maria Hill Graviton yep. uh, bet, then man, you are you did You did up, great. Because those odds were, were small. They were not good at all. Nightmask finds out what is causing Graviton, Blizzard, and... Nitro to be so menacing and also to be so big. There's some stuff going on bigger than our universe. I like all the school stuff. I like how it's juxtaposed against the big space sci-fi stuff. Uh, Starbrand's an interesting character for me, and it looks like he is putting everyone in danger, including himself. We see some cosmic abstracts in this. Are those new? They're new. I love cosmic abstracts. You who hates them? Bill Roseman really hates Cosmic what? Abstracts. When Bill Roseman, now your man at Marvel Games, was still an editor and he was doing the Cosmic books, I was used to being him like, "Why don't we see more like the Living Tribunal and the Gardener?" And then he goes, "He goes, Marvel has had enough Cosmic stories that are old men in skirts debating Ben, <laughs> blah blah blah." That just like Bill. Yeah, Bill Roseman. Yeah, I love old men in skirts debating. Who doesn't? That much. Yeah, that's uh, what we were raised on. Yeah. And look how he turned out. <laughs> We're fine. Yeah, nothing uh, wrong here. All right, on to Star-Lord number four, written by Sam Humphreys, art by Javier Garon, colors by Antonio Favela. And again, this is another one of those books. I keep talking about how much I love the art, and mm. damn it, I just love Garon. the art. Oh, my gosh. So good. Uh, and Sam is doing such a great job crafting the story of telling, like, Star-Lord is such a weird character. So weird. Because... The original iteration and what we have now... Not the same. Have, it's just not the same. So not copacetic. trying to rectify all that needed something really smart, really good, and just saying, this is what it is. 
thankfully, this does a hell of a job. Yeah. And Sam is setting us up with this young Peter Quill who is kind of a dick, but conflicted. He's got morals. He's trying to figure out his place in life. He's been, you know, shunted around. He's feels like he's been short shrifted, but probably has also had a lot of help he just doesn't see. There's a lot going on in this kid's character, which I really, really like. And in this story, in this particular issue, he is tasked with basically taking down, betraying, and hurting Earth people. Like, he's found the the ship that he initially helped build when he was on Earth before he stole some of the technology, and he found the woman who was kind of like his almost like his aunt. Yeah, that's what um, he says. And he's got to, like, figure out where do I stand? Do I stand with, uh, with what's his name, uh, Yandu, who is totally a jerk and who is just, uh, he's a pirate and he's really not a good but not a good prom- But promises. Yeah, promises to help him and also has given him sort of a place in the universe mm-hmm. that he did not have before. Or does he help out the Earthlings because they're his people? But they didn't really appreciate him. Yeah. So it's good. Really strong conflicts here. Interesting stuff that we're going to see play out. And um, it's, it's a really great book. Over to Uncanny and Humans, number five, written by Charles Soule, art by Brandon Peterson, color art by Java Tartaglia. If you remember from the Adelan Rising story in Secret Wars, there was something called the Quiet Room. It I was remember. You remember? I remember. You remember that? Yep. It was Black Bolt's nightclub where anyone could come and do whatever they want and negotiate its neutral ground. So now we find out that Black Bolt has opened the Quiet Room in the Marvel Universe. It's once again this cool nightclub. It's clearly a Charles Soule idea that really uh, took with him. Um, and we get a tour of the Quiet Room both through Medusa meeting with Black Bolt and also through Uhura, who is getting the tour from Flagman, who is a great new character. We see Reader doing well, his thing. New? I, I think so. Sure. Yeah, I think Flagman's new. We see Reader. We uh, see that there are fights being promoted here. We get to find out what Black Bolt's up to. We get a full look at his office. We get the next step for Enelux, which was such a problem for uh, the Inhumans in the original Inhuman volume that came out last year. We get Uhura kind of being curious about stuff, things going bad, a return of two characters from Wolverines who Charles oh my created. God, I was so excited to see that. We have a poker game going on between the Mad Thinker and the Leader. This is just, it's such a nice bit of world building. It's just Charles' soul dropping in. Okay, Inhumans are now a major part of the Marvel Universe. We have all this stuff crisscrossing. And at any given time, they could end up in the quiet room trying to negotiate, trying to make things right. We also are continuing the stuff from all new Inhumans with the Sky Spears. Um, Medusa shows Black Bolt what's going on there. He asks the really realistic question of, when are you going to tell Crystal you're dating your ex? Because we know that's going to be a disaster. He's got the bones in with both of you. Yeah. How does everybody feel about that? That's the conversation Black Bolt wants to get into because he's like, yeah. that's going to be difficult for that's you That's going to be difficult I'm for you. I'm going to enjoy that. Everything comes crashing down, and the issue ends with Black Bolt about to speak. Whoa. I'll, I'll be real for a second. I would love to have a quiet room title, story, something. Yeah. Just ongoing, just in addition to this, but just the quiet room and what goes on in it. I think there was are a great issue. abound. Hmm. So many things we can do. Absolutely. Uh, all right, last book of the week is Web Warriors number four. This is written by Mike Costa, art by David Baldio and Walden Wong, uh, and a bunch of colorists uh, pitching in here together. 
I lo- one of the things I love about this book is that you've got this crew of uh, web warriors from different universes, different dimensions. They're all spider characters of a sort. You know, you've got Spider K, you've got Spider Man Noir, you've got Spider Gwen, Spider Ham, uh, Spider Woman, like uh, Aranya. It's what is she? Does she go by Aranya? No. Uh, she Spider goes by Girl. Spider Girl. I Spider think. Girl, right? Yep. Um, but you've got all these characters, and Spider, uh, Spider-Man India. Mm-hmm. Um, He's just Spider-Man India. Yeah. And uh, you've got all these characters, but they all feel very fleshed out. Maybe mm-hmm. it's because we've had the, you know, we had the Spider-Verse event. We got introduced to them. But here, even though they only get, they're only getting like a page or so, you feel like there's meat on them. Oh, and, yeah, and for who sure. they are, you're really like clicking with them. There's great stories. There's lots of fun interactions. Um, but the real story here is the um, the main crew is stuck in uh, they can't get to their home dimension. They're separated from Spider Gwen, who has uh, the Uncle Ben Spider Man character, who has been living in Spider Woman's universe mm-hmm. for a while. There's a lot of spiders. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, uh, but they're separated. They're trying to come together. We are fighting this giant army of Electros. Who have enslaved and uh, all the Doctor Octopus characters? Which that that was a really cool. I really like the new Doctor Octopus we meet, though. Yeah, she is terrific, and like, there's there's a great shot. David Baldion is really really good at facial expressions, and like, there's one where you know uh, her sort of reaction explaining what she's who she is and what she's gone up against. It was, it was great. I want to learn more about her. I want to learn more about everything going on in here. But we're leading up to this big confrontation between our spider team and an army of Electros that has, like, a lightning dinosaur. Yeah. So I don't think the spider characters can win. If you have a lightning dinosaur, you're pretty much... You won't. Yeah, no, we're going to be reading a book about Electros starting next month. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Electro Warriors? Electro, Electro Warriors. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll workshop it. Yeah, we'll workshop it. Kick That's it around, punt it around, see yeah. what works. Jesse, out of all these titles, what are you most excited to read? Uh, well, I have two favorites so far, but um, you really sold me on Spider-Woman number four. Nice. I wanted to read uh, Power Man and Iron Fist number one because mm-hmm. I really love Jessica Jones, but mm-hmm. then you completely changed my mind and confused me. That's what so I thank you. Like there it is, <laughs> yeah. right there. Very good. Uh, my Twin of the Week. Yeah. Is Power Man and Iron Fist number one? Oh, it's so good. It's so good. If you want to take that, I can take another one. I do have a backup. No, I, that would have been mine, uh, but I want to make sure we give some love to Spider uh, Woman number four. Okay, and then I'm also going to throw Uncanny Humans in there as being okay. something worth reading. So, Terrific. Lots of great books out this week. Also out this week, Collections on Sale, Avengers Time Runs Out Volume 4, Captain America White in hardcover, Civil War, War Zones, E is for Extinction, War Zones, Punisher vs. the Marvel Universe, Uncanny X-Men, Omnibus Volume 3, Hardcover. Oh, and this, Ryan, this is perfect for you. I mean, it's just just past your birthday, but someone can get you X-Men, Gambit, The Complete Collection, Volume 1, so you can start off and then just expand your Gambit collection as you go. Uh, And they can also pick up Extinction Agenda, War Zones. I will say, that Gambit book, has stories by Fabian mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has art, some art by Steve Scross. Mm. That said, I am not taking my copy home. That is, you want if you oh, want yeah. a copy of I'll it, definitely take that. Yours. Definitely, um, you had me at Fabian Nicieza. Yes, and I love Fabian's work. You know that, but I uh, just Gambit now. Um, 
I will say huge shout out to Punisher versus the Marvel Universe. Does that have it has what Punisher it have? kills the Marvel Universe, okay. leading it off. Garth Ennis, um, uh, Breakwright, Doug Breakwright. Yep. And um, on top of that, it has a bunch of Garth Ennis, uh, Marvel Knights, Punisher. Oh, cool! It has um, just it, it's it's like I don't know, it feels like three hundred pages. Wow. Packed with stuff. Wow. Really, really good. I highly suggest. Anyone who hasn't read some of that stuff, pick it up. Definitely pick it up. Uh, digital comics on sale this week include all the books we've talked about uh, that actually did come out this week, as well as Amazing Spider-Man and Silk, Spider-Fly Effect, Infinite Comic number three, and Marvel Universe Guardians of the Galaxy, Infinite Comic number six. Also on the Marvel app this week, we have Amazing Spider-Man 1 through 10 and 500 through 518 of the 1999 series, Amazing Spider-Man Annual number 38, Defenders 1 through 5 from 2005. Is that Eric Larson? No. From 2005? Yeah. It's got to be the... Oh, oh the, yeah. Uh, I was going to say Matt Fraction, but that was later. No, that was later. Um, uh, Giffen and... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And Mattias and um, McGuire. Kevin McGuire. Yeah. That cool. was fun. Uh, Gambit point five and 1 through 11 from 1999. Gambit Annual 99. A lot of Gambit happening. Yeah. Uh, Heroes for Hire, number 9. From 1997, Incredible Hulk 112 through 120 from 1960, the original run. Uh, Marvel Authentics Gambit number one. I don't even know what that is. Digital collections on the app: Captain America and the Falcon, Secret Empire, Captain America White, Civil War, War Zones, E is for Extinction, War Zones, Incredible Hulk Volume Two, Fall of the Hulks, Mystic Arcana, Mystic the Tenth Apprentice, Spider-Man versus Black Cat. Thor, Son of Asgard, X-Men Gambit, The Complete Collection, Volume 1, and Extinction Agenda War Zones. Yeah. And on Marvel Unlimited, we've got 1872, number 2. I think last week I said 1862. You may have. I may have. That's also on there. Yeah, 1872, number 2. Age of Ultron versus Marvel Zombies, number 3. Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows, number 4. Armor Wars, number 4. Captain Britain and the Mighty Defenders, number 2. Guardians of Nowhere, number 3. Guardians Team Up, number 10. House of M, number 1. Howard the Human, number 1. Power Pack, 42 through 44. Just random three issues of Power Pack, because why not? Secret Wars Battle World, number 4. Here we go. Star Wars Ewoks, 1 through 14. Star Wars Django Fett, number 1. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic slash Rebellion, number 0. And Star Wars Zam Wessel, number 1. Uh, also, Star Lord and Kitty Pride number two, Star Strange Tales, Star Strange Tales, Star Tales number eighteen, The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl number eight, Weapon X number three, and Years of Future Past number four. All right, it is time for news. And now from Marvel headquarters, it's this week in Marvel news. All right. Time for news. Ben, what do you got? All right. Over in the world of comics, Venom joined the Wounded Warrior Project. In issue number three, Flash Thompson used prosthetics instead of his legs, and that was consulted on with the Wounded Warrior Project. If you want to learn more about how Venom is consulting with the Wounded Warrior Project, check out Marvel.com. Miss Marvel Volume 2, Generation Y, is now available on graphic audio, so you can make a movie in your mind. And Blake Garris recently spoke to the band Walk the Moon about their superhero-centric music video, and he specifically asked me to talk about this, so I'm now doing it. All right. And it's a pretty cool story, so check it out. Over in the world of games, 
Venom Pool is now part of Marvel Contest of Champions. One part Venom, one part Deadpool, two parts awesome. <laughs> Over in Marvel Future Fight, they added some new characters this week as well. You can now play as the new Thor. You can play as Miss Marvel. You can play as Carnage. There are new costumes for Star-Lord and a bunch of other folks and some power-ups as well. Hot diggity dog. Um, what else we got? Let's see. I mentioned earlier in the show uh, Marvel and Garage Magazine teamed mm. up. Garage. Garage. Uh, for the super high fashion event for their new magazine. No, I think we're yeah. talking ten. We uh, need to get one of our fashion experts in here to talk about this. Yeah, at some if only point. we knew someone who knew a lot about. Only fashion. if someone who was keyed into the world of fashion. Uh, and we had, uh, I think there were five supermodels who were done up in um, different interpretations of Marvel characters. How does one graduate from a model to a supermodel? Jesse. Jesse. You know, I'm actually not sure. Wow. I think that it means that you've just walked a runway. This was in your chance. New York Fashion Week. This was your chance to contribute. I know, but I'm not a model expert. What? Modeling is a whole different but world. I think yeah. you know, to be a supermodel, you have to be like on magazine covers right. and stuff, right? Just walking a catwalk. But I'm just wondering, like, know, is I think there? It also depends on your popularity too in the industry. Like, yeah, like how many designers are asking Who is like you? signing that that and saying, "Okay, you are now officially a supermodel"? Right. I don't know. Hmm. And, and how do you know if you're a model? How do you know that you're a supermodel? Yeah, you just wake up and go, Wait, oh my god, I feel, I feel it. Must it. be like the, must be the, like the buzz around you, maybe. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. that's what it is. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we'll look into this. I went to a party at a, uh, a parking garage, and um, there were people there who definitely looked like they were in tune with fashion, yep. wearing things that I was very confused by. Uh, they had very elaborate haircuts. There were people of varying heights. Some very tall, some very short. Um, some just right? Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the only food that I remember being served at the party were, like, they were rainbow cakes. Oh. Pieces of cake that were rainbow hmm. colored. And not like, uh, you know, like a, an Italian rainbow cookie, but like rainbow cake. It was weird. Um, but uh, I did not stay long because I did not feel... Yeah, I can't right. imagine you would have. But it was really cool to, to see and be a part of all that. And I think the um, it was a big success. If you want to see photos and videos and some behind-the-scenes stuff about it, including behind-the-scenes video with Jeff Poulin, uh, you can go to Marvel.com and watch all of that. And uh, on top of that, this week we had Toy Fair. Big uh, week for talking about new toys and all the kind of crazy stuff. Jesse, this was your first toy fair. Yeah, it was. How'd you like it? Uh, it was very interesting. I actually enjoyed it, but I, it wasn't what I expected it to be. What did you expect? I don't really know what I was expecting, to be honest, but I've only been to fashion conventions. And there's lots what is of, like, a fashion convention like? Well, there's lots of different ones, but there's like buying conventions and there's lots of like snooty people who like flip through racks and make comments to their assistants. There was one year, when, one year when you and I were doing Wizard World Chicago at the same convention center, there was a fashion convention there. Really? Yeah, and me and some other people wandered in there, not by accident, on purpose. <laughs> um, and it's as she was describing it. Yeah. Terrific. A lot of personalities. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, but we saw so much stuff. We visited Hasbro and saw all their crazy Marvel Legends coming this year. Uh, they have really cool Marvel Legends Captain America shield and Iron Man helmet, like high-end, really cool stuff, as well as three and three-quarter inch figures, six inch figures, and 12 inch figures. Uh, I saw Captain Marvel, Cap Wolf. Did Cap you see Wolf. Cap Wolf fi- no, I didn't see anything. I wasn't there. We have photographic evidence oh. and videos. I'll have to check those all out. All that stuff. Um, yeah, some really great stuff. They have a Dormammu figure and an Iron Fist figure that I really, really liked. 
their Titan Hero series is really cool. Just lots of great stuff from Hasbro. We saw Diamond Slug Toys. Showed off a lot of cool stuff. They have some really great um, action figures in their uh, Marvel Select line. Um, I looked at a lot of Godzilla toys where I could. And Funko was great. They had, I mean, they're just bonkers. So many pops coming uh, across the board. Lots and lots of stuff from them. Um, let's see. Mezco has some really cool stuff on the way that I think we're going to show off more of. But they have a really great Daredevil figure. Um, man, there are so many. We have a gallery of photos on Marvel.com. We're going to have tons of videos for you guys to check out. Uh, we saw lots of stuff, and it was great. Yay, Toy Fair. Yay, Toy Fair. Yay, Toy Fair. Uh, speaking of yay, let's go over to the West Coast with Stromy and the Wolfman. Boo. It's the West Coast, Stromy and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, Stromy and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, Stromy and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, baby. Hello, this week in Marvelites, this is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom, joined by... Marvel.com assistant editor Patrick Cavanaugh. For another thing, installment of the Stromy and the Wolfman show, starring the Wolfman and Stromy. Although, this will mostly be in pretty much like an episode of What Up Wolfman with special guest star Stromy, because I've been in uh, Minnesota for the last week visiting Oh family. yeah, Minnesota. Oh yeah, you betcha. Yeah, we don't all talk like that, just most of us. Got it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know what? Why don't you take it away, Wolfman? Where where do we even You start begin? with Guardians of the Galaxy. Just go with Guardians okay. of the Galaxy. Okay, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, officially began principal photography in Hotlanta, Georgia. Atlanta's in Georgia, right? Yes, it's yes. in Georgia. They've officially begun production, so that is really exciting. And we posted the very first... Uh, starter production image. It's an excellent image too. Yeah, I really it's dig it. real cool. Did you notice the size of Groot in yeah, that the image? Yeah, lo- the little the little Groot up on the Drax's shoulder. Pretty pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, also, makes- some new cast members. Do you remember all the new cast members? I know one big new cast member. Uh, Kurt Russell. That would be Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. He Jack Burton himself. Snake Plissken himself. Wait, are you in, are you saying that he will reprise his role as Snake Plissken in no, Guardians of the No, he's going to be Captain Ron. He's going to play Captain Ron. Who's Captain Ron? Oh, you might know him from the film Captain Ron. I don't know the film Captain Ron. Uh, starring Martin Short. Still not ringing a bell. And Kurt Russell. Still not ringing a bell. Kurt Russell plays Captain Ron. All right. Favorite Kurt Russell movies. Go. Overboard. That's a good one. Yeah. Do, uh, do you know how far into uh, his romantic relationship with Goldie Hawn that movie was? Didn't that start it? No, that was their third movie together. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty cool. We, uh, uh, I spent a lot of time recently looking up uh, the relationship levels of Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn because of Furious 7. Is Goldie Hawn in Furious 7? No, Kurt Russell's in Furious 7. I know Kurt Russell's in Furious 7. I don't know. It just got us. so I guess this reunites Kurt Russell and Vin Diesel in a way then. In a way. In a way way it does. Yeah. Uh, So that's pretty cool. Who are the other new cast members? Chris Sullivan Mm -hmm. from The Nick. Yeah. And I can't remember the third name. Can you? Yes. Palm... Is it Palm Clementia? 
You sounded really unsure when you said that. You're Is it just the, the pronunciation that you're You're, you're the one that posted this. Kind of. Clementine? Nope. Anyway. Uh, so, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. When's it in theaters? May 5th, 2017. May 5th, 2017 was the correct answer. Oh, so close. Just missed it. Uh, what else we got, Patrick? What we got going on in the world of television? Well, we posted a uh, motion poster along with a trailer for season two of Marvel's Daredevil. Coming to Netflix in full, 13 episodes, March 18th. Oh, that's right. I forget. We've already had this week has been a blur to me. But yes, we did. That was an awesome trailer. Yeah. I, no good deed goes unpunished. I, I really dig that trailer. My the, favorite was the shot of Punisher sitting in front of the carousel as it starts, like the lights start blinking out. That was pretty spooky. Uh, I love it. Um, and uh, uh, speaking of, we also announced at the end of that, that's just part one of the trailer. That is part one. Part two comes February 25th. It, Who was it, that lady? It Who ends, was that mysterious lady we saw at the end of that cliffhanger. trailer? Hello, Matthew. Is that the only tra- trailer that's ever been a cliffhanger? Well, I guess because I mean, I guess most trailers end kind of on like a little stinger cliffhanger thing, but yeah. this is this is a cliffhanger because it leads into part two of the trailer in um, about a week from when you're listening to this. That's true. What is it? February twenty fourth, fifth, twenty fifth, Feb twenty five. Look on the net and, for that. And we got along with the motion poster that Patrick mentioned that we posted uh, featuring Daredevil. We posted an interview that I did with uh, Charlie Cox. And we'll have some more uh, Daredevil cast interviews coming up in the next uh, week and a half or so. Cool. Yep. Do you have Do you have more stuff? Do you want to talk about? I have not, other things. Not for Daredevil. We've got Carter stuff. Want to talk about Marvel's Agent Carter? Sure. We it uh, is all new this week. Of course, we all new, all different. Two-hour two special event. Another two-hour special event next week, next Tuesday, beginning at nine eight Central. Uh, of course, we have an all-new episode of This Week in Marvel's Agent Carter, the podcast series, where I talk with writers Eric Pearson and Brandon Easton. Speaking of Brandon Easton, we also posted a brand new music to Marvel by. Well, I wasn't even finished with what I was saying. What else were you going to say? I was going to say that they provide commentary to the episodes. People um, already know that. Okay, whatever. Anyway, yes, talk about Brandon Easton. He wrote episode seven of this season, and he... Uh, gave us a music to Marvel by his own personal playlist for Agent Carter. See, there you go. I, you think I cut you off, and then you just said everything I would have had to say. Yep. Uh, we also will have uh, some new clips coming up from next week's episodes. Um, we, what feature did we post last week? B- uh, meet, meet Joseph, Joseph Manafredi. We also have an interview with Ken Marino. Ken uh, Mar- Dan, related to Dan Marino. I don't think he is. Probably not. Um, anyway. Ken Marino from Wet Hot American Summer. Ken Marino. Uh, you can check that out on Marvel.com or YouTube. We will have another feature at an interview with uh, Win Everett talking about some of the dramatic happenings in Whitney Frost's storyline. Uh, that Whitney post. Frost needs to cool it. Yeah, you, you used that joke nope, when didn't. you live. Nope, didn't. said chill out. Oh, God. Okay, um, anyway, that will either, if that's not live by the time you're listening to this, it will go live Friday. I'm sort of parsing out the Carter love. Um, 
think that's it for Marvel's Agent Carter, right? Is that it for shows that we make that start with Marvel's Agent? Of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Oh, we do have news, don't we? Do we have Marvel? Oh, that's right. We also posted uh, the casting news. Uh, Natalia Cordova Buckley will be playing Elena Rodriguez, who fans from the comics may know as Yo-Yo. Yo-Yo-Yo-Yo-Yo-Yo. That's not our catchphrase or anything. Anyway, she will make her debut in the uh, mid-season premiere, the spring premiere. I don't know what we're calling it, but the next new episode of Marvel's She'll Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She'll be one of the Dream Warriors. Secret Warriors. Dream Warriors, Secret. made famous from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. <laughs> Dream Warriors, theme song by Dokken. Lawrence Fishburne and Patricia Arquette are in that. Are either of those two in any Marvel stuff? No. Probably not, are they? Lawrence um, Fishburne's a voice. In what? In one of a move in a movie that I've heard exists, involving a family that has one less than five members. Eh? Oh, yeah, he was in that, wasn't he? He was in a movie about the levitation of the chrome wakeboarder. Is that what the name of the movie was? Something like that. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, yes. Um, Lawrence Fishburne was a voice of Stop s- talking about Dream Warriors. Snorin Sad, I believe was the name of his character. No. That's no? not who he voiced. He voiced his Shmalactitis. What? Shmalactus. No. No, because Shmalactus was not a personified character. It oh. was a giant I thought Doug, It was a giant cloud, remember? I, I, that I, giant cloud that we all know I and thought, love. I thought Doug Jones was the voice of no, Snorin. No, Doug, Doug Jones was the physical embodiment of the character. Oh, but Larry but, was the voice. Yeah, Larry Larry Fishbone. All right. What the hell was I even talking about, Patrick? Oh, that oh, she's uh, playing Yo-Yo, Natalia Buckley. Um, Marvel's End Shield, of course, returns Tuesday, March 8th at 9, 8 central on ABC, and you can see her then. Is that, is that, did I cover everything since I've been out? You've covered everything that starts with Marvel's agent. Oh, but what do we have in the wild world of animation? Well, in a few moments, you'll hear myself along with Stephen Wacker, Harrison Wilcox, and Court Lane talking about uh, a two-part episode of Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man vs. the Sinister Six, which will be airing this Sunday at 9 a.m. on Disney XD. Special one-hour season premiere. Yep. Uh, However, we did not talk much slash at all about the brand new episode of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, which airs just before that Spider-Man event. So that'll be at 8.30 a.m. on Disney XD. And in that episode of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, the Guardians get caught in between uh, the Collector and the Grandmaster. The the, the Guardians think they're doing a good thing for the Collector, and they find out it's all just a a big scheme. And Star-Lord wears a cowboy hat. Speaking of Disney XD, I watched a lot of Gravity Falls while I was home in Minnesota. Have you ever seen that show? I believe Kyle MacLachlan is a voice on that show. 
Oh, I ain't seen any episode where he was a Kyle voice. McLaughlin, but that's a star of Marvel's Agents of Shield. But but that's appropriate because I would describe Gravity Falls as sort of the animated version of uh, Twin Peaks with more supernatural elements to it. I think you dig it. It's real spooky. I like spooky stuff. It's real good. And speaking of animated series, if you're interested in catching up on uh, some of our animated series, if you go on Netflix, Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man Web Warriors, there's a season of that, and then there's two seasons of Marvel's Avengers Assemble. So you can Great. Get, and we will, yep. wrap, we will wrap this up now. Well, <laughs> are, are we done? Sure. All right. I'm going to do some beatboxing. Oh, to- boy. This is the, we're done, Stromming the Wolfman. Boom, boosh, boom, boosh. I shouldn't have started that. I, no way I agree. I agree. All right. Anyway, uh, wish you all stay tuned for more of uh, the Wolfman. We wish you a splendiferous weekend, a splendiferous er week. Um, Cap Wolf. Cap Wolf. Uh And as always, uh, we'll talk with you in seven more days. Thank you for listening. And as always, I apologize for the Cap Wolfman. Hello out there this week in Marvel. This is Marvel.com assistant editor Patrick Cavanaugh. And I am joined by Uh, Marvel Animation Vice President Stephen Wacker. Marvel Animation (laughs) Vice President Court Lane. Marvel Animation producer, manager, non-presidential, non-presidential director. director, sorry, wow. Harrison you Wilcox. Mm-hmm. Hello, hello. How little I know corporate structure. We're, uh, I think we're just excited to be back. Like I've, I've been, you know, missing these these weekly podcasts where we talk about what's new in animation. People have constantly been tweeting, all four of us, I believe, like at a, on a regular daily basis, people saying, when's it coming back? When's it coming back? When are we going to get to hear from well, the, I do think, the you know, four there, musketeers? There were a lot of fans of Ultimate Spider-Man who had sort of taken it just as, as gospel that uh, we were done after three se- seasons. Um, and I think to Harrison's credit, Harrison's been on the show since the beginning, since day one. I'm afraid. <laughs> um, yeah, pushed along with Court uh, for us to get season four up. Our friends at Disney XD were very, very excited. And we have new story editors this season. And uh, all of these uh, talents work together, I think, to come up with a season that is going to excite all the hardcore Sp- Spider-Man fa- fans. Yeah, I, uh, I think I remember talking to uh, you and Court Towards the the during the contest of champions. This is audio, so when you say you, no one can see who you're pointing. To. Excuse me, you, Mr. Stephen Wacker, uh, and you, Mr. Court Lane. Uh, uh, no, I was going to call you Dame Harrison Wilcox. <laughs> <laughs> just, just no idea how appropriate that is. Uh, but yeah, we were talking about uh, how with Contest of Champions, you kind of went all out and you just wanted to do something bigger and better than has ever been seen before, you know, just with the three season uh, run in mind. So what does that mean for season four? How do, where, where are you guys going to go from here? Well, Harrison, I know that was your challenge along with uh, 
Doc Wyatt and Kevin Burke, the story editors, figuring out where to go next? Yeah, the challenge is always to go bigger and better. Uh, and Kevin uh, Burke and Doc Wyatt and our supervising director, Alex Soto, all embraced that. Uh, and we, as you'll see in the opening two-parter, hit the ground running. And uh, th that two-parter is going to be airing this Sunday at 9 a.m. on Disney XD. Uh, what can we expect from this, this two-part? Uh, give us a little bit of a tease of what we're going to be seeing in this big two-part episode arc. Well, the show's now called Ultimate Spider-Man versus the Sinister Six. Um, and I think it's fair to say that this two-parter uh, kicks, kicks that st story off, sort of this season-long overarching uh, theme of the greatest threat ever uh, to Sp Spider-Man building its way up. Hydra is a big part of that. I don't know how deep you want to get into it, Harrison. What constitutes a spoiler for you? <laughs> uh, well, for the last three seasons, Spider-Man has been an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. in training. So we decided uh, what could be sort of a bigger threat than what we've seen before. So we took uh, Spider-Man and S.H.I.E.L.D.'s greatest foes. We took Hydra, Arnim Zola, uh, Doc Ock and the Sinister Six, and they all teamed up to launch this massive new attack against Spidey and S.H.I.E.L.D. Academy. And uh, since you mentioned Steve, you, Mr. Steve Wacker, mentioned that uh, the show's title is now Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man versus the Sinister Six, and last season it was called Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man Web Warriors. It's pretty safe to assume that there are no more web warriors at all, right? I mean, there's nobody who's going to be helping out Spider-Man in this upcoming season, correct? Nobody at all? That's not true. I don't know why you're saying it like that. I was, <laughs> I was just goofing around. I was just goofing so around. Firstly, you, you know that's not true. Yeah, I don't that's understand true. why I've, you're pretending I've watched. Know. I've watched the episodes. Let's uh, be honest with people. Ooh, that's not my strong suit. <laughs> no, we're going to see people. a lot of the uh, uh, the amazing friends of Sp Spider-Man that uh, we introduced last season, and we're going to meet some new ones too. Um, so, you know, we see Miles Morales, we see Agent Ven Venom, we see Iron Spider, but there's a uh, brand new one we meet in this opening arc. Right, Harrison? I don't, I don't follow the show. Uh, yes, there's a brand new spider joining the Web Warriors, and that is Scarlet Spider, the mysterious. The mysterious Scarlet Spider. Can we say who voices him? Uh, we can. It's voiced by uh, Mr. Scott Porter from QB One, <laughs> Friday Night Lights fame. That's that's great. What did uh, uh, how did you guys come across Scott? Like, uh, did you seek out Scott to have him be Scarlet Spider? I knew him from his football work. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but I think that's fa fair to say. I know Scott's a big fan. I see him on Twitter. Apparently, he reads every comic and sees every movie and buys every toy. Who has that kind of time? I love it. <laughs> um, and I think uh, Harrison was part of getting him in. It, it does get thrown around a lot, but he was the, the first and only person we considered for the role. We had worked with him before on X-Men anime. Uh, he had done voice work for us before, and he just really fit the character. Uh, that, that's funny because you say uh, it was thrown around much like a football. Oh, yes, uh, oh, that's true. Uh, right? <laughs> I just wanted to make sure Court was still here. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> thrown around like a, like a football. Is that right. what he did? I've not seen Friday Night Lights. Yeah. But I know. We were, we were paralyzed with excitement <laughs> when 
I think that's out. another another joke about Friday Night Lights. We couldn't get out of our chairs. We couldn't get out of our chairs. Because uh, there's that there's that episode where he constantly uh, falls out of his chair, right? He's so good on that show. I love that show. Uh, so thank you guys for tuning in to Friday Night Lights. Can we plug Six and Friday Night Lights? Probably. Friday Night Lights uh, is on Netflix. Watch it. And you know what? I don't know if you guys knew this, but the last season, uh, Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man, Web Warriors, is on Netflix. Fantastic. Did you guys know that? Yes. 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 Of course you did. Of course you did. So uh, if you want to catch up on, you know, just meeting and greeting all the Web Warriors, seeing what Spider-Man was up to last season to get ready for this new season, head over to Netflix.com. Com. Yep. Uh, what they do is they Soon have to the, be .gov. They have this cool growing. thing where you can uh, pay money and they mail you DVDs. I don't know if you've heard of this. <laughs> and if you pay an extra couple bucks, you can get Blu-rays. It's – I wish they had a faster service, but, you know. Um, well, this was great uh, getting back into this with everybody. Uh, I want to thank all of our guests, including uh, Harrison, Court Lane, uh, Patrick. Uh, and uh, well, I was the guest. <laughs> I was the, the guest, guest on your podcast. Uh, we're going to leave you now uh, with a, a quick uh, listen of our new theme song for the Ultimate Spider-Man versus the Sinister Six. Here's the actual recording. It's not happening. <laughs> So that was it. Those are the lyrics. That was a, fantastic. I, I, I just love when that logo pops up and then you hear the booming. That's not happening, Steve. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. We're really looking forward to it. Wonderful. Uh, well, everybody, thank you for joining us. Can't wait to do this next week, the week after that. In the meantime, don't forget uh, that in the coming weeks, we'll also be talking about what's new in Marvel's Avengers Ultron Revolution. Should we also recap episodes of Friday Night Lights? Because I could do that all day. Yeah, absolutely. Right, absolutely. Good. So tune in next week <laughs> to, to learn more about Friday Night Lights. Uh, Friday Night Steve. Friday Night Steve. I love it. Uh, make sure this Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time or Pacific Time. To check your cable provider. I don't know how that stuff works. Maybe you live in the mountain zone. Uh, but it's going to be airing on Disney XD 9 a.m., Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man vs. the Sinister Six. Make sure to cartoon in. Alright. Alright. Thank you, boys. <laughs> Before we get into um, this week in Marvel questions and comments, a uh, little note about next week's Twim URC. We're moving it a week. Uh, pushing the questions and comment um, due date a week ahead, a week later, a week back. Yeah, all over the place. Yeah, so you got two more weeks from now because we didn't get the books up uh, in time. We didn't realize uh, Strumming and Wolfman didn't take those and put them up there. So yeah, all their fault. Let's put it on them. Totally. Um, and so we we picked a selection of Infinite Comics because we have ninety of them now and. Marvel Unlimited, we figured give you guys a sample of what an infinite comic is and some of these cool stories, and then you can take them up, take off and run, uh, read more of them if you like. Yeah. So we're going to get into that. We should think about when we finally do discuss it in two weeks, we should get a forgotten son of the podcast, Nick Lowen, here because he's worked on a lot of infinite comics. He has. And he would have an interesting perspective to He's get. almost like a godfather of the infinite yeah. comic. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should do that. Yeah. But let's talk about your questions and comments this week. First of all, kicking us off, Brian Neal or Krufix says, Wait, hold on what? one second. 
Hold on. Oh, is if there more? you are new to the podcast and want to know how to submit your own questions and comments, oh, we have enough. Use the hashtag This Week in Marvel or email twimpodcast at marvel.com. Okay. So now Brian Neal, a.k.a. Krufix, says, Wedding of Deadpool was reprinted as a true believer's, hence my comment was valid. It's true. Agreed? Okay. Yes. Chris, Chris Vaughn, Immortal Thor 99. So in regards to that kiss, does that mean that Thor is taking Cap to Boneheim? Boneheim. Bing, 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 bing. Uh, 20 hundred twin points for Chris Vaughn for coming up with Boneheim. Boneheim. Hold on. I would have given you more twin points on top of that. Well, 20 hundred is 2,000. Oh, yeah. Should have be been a hashtag. hashtag. Boneheim. Should have been a hashtag. Boneheim. Danny Willis, the Danny Man. My new goal, make better use of Unlimited. What's stopping me from reading every new comic every week? Literally nothing. Literally nothing. Literally nothing. Also, I am dying to know the ultimate fate of Italian Tucker. Hashtag Italian Tucker, yeah. no less. Wow. I got an email um, entitled, I'm going to butcher it, but it was, it was basically a missive crafted from the typewriter of Old Man Tucker, which was Tucker... Our former intern, uh, who we miss very much, um, who has taken on the persona of a like a hobo traveler and yep. was talking to me about being on a railroad and having a bindle and all this other stuff. It was basically him asking for a letter of recommendation, which I am going to write for him. But it was uh, it reminded me of the wonder that Tucker brought into our lives all too briefly. Jesse, do you have a character you're going to develop over the course of this your time on this podcast? Because we have Italian Tucker was mm-hmm. a fan favorite. Yeah. You've and got big... How am I going to live up to that, You've got though? big, you. big whatever they wear on their feet in Italy to fill. <laughs> I think they wear shoes. Moccasins. Leather um, shoes. Nice leather shoes, maybe. Uh, well, you know, fashion. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm going to have to start brainstorming. Yeah. Yeah, workshop yeah. it. We, we expect to hear the beginnings next week. Oh, yep. okay. Yep. Better do my homework. Also, any news on Karnak? I love the first issue, but that was back in October. Karnak is still coming out. The second issue will be coming out shortly. Enjoying Uncanny and Humans, but Medusa, though. And then he has a picture of someone. What is this? I don't know. Like, wiping, like a guy wiping his brow? Yeah. All right. Medusa's so hot. Or yeah, if you awesome. say so. And then, holy crap, Mighty Thor number four. I need the next issue now. 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 DJ Fanko says, I saw these in Target today. Haven't heard about these on This Week in Marvel. Are they new? And it's a photo of a Star Wars micro comic. Mm. So I asked because I had never heard about them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I've been told it is one single issue. It's a mini comic, blind bagged like a trading card with some other tchotchkes. They're all different issues of the original Marvel Star Wars adaptations. Neat. So um, you can check them out at the Target. I'm not sure if they're only Target exclusive, but... Uh, they're certainly at at least one Target. Yeah, Don has found them, so they exist. Uh, Don tweets to Paul Reiser. Hmm. says, Loved your This Week of Marvel interview with Blake Garris. I laughed all the way to work in the car. Good times. I was, have you listened to that one? I have not. Me either. Uh, but I, I can only imagine Blake having like the best time. Yeah, Paul Reiser is right in Blake's wheelhouse <laughs> as far as interview subjects. Totally. Don says, uh, what are the next Infinite comics for Twim URC? I couldn't tell from Strami's current comments during the last This well, Week in Marvel. I just posted them up. I think I can remember that it's the first issues of Deadpool the Gauntlet, Iron Man Fatal Frontier, Avengers Millennium, um, Guardians of the Galaxy, the third issue, Gamora, and X-Men 92, number one. Yeah. I think that's all of them. That seems like what I 
Yeah. So check all those out. There yeah. may be one other, but I think that was it. Yeah, but that's on the. It should be on the app now. And on it's definitely on the app now. Comic slash. Yeah, it's definitely on the app now. Right. HW View Haywood. Last week pick was Uncanny Avengers five. Jerry Duggan shows that Gambit is really an evil dude. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't read that issue yet. Ooh. I was. It's in my in my pile because I wanted to get the stuff we need to cover for this week first before I read yeah. last week's books. But I will yeah. get to it. Oh, yeah. um, a great highlight from. Super Bowl Fifty was the Hulk, Ant Man, Coke can we say commercial. Super Bowl? It's it's gone now. We can say it. They're, they're, they're not listening. They're not listening anymore. They they've retired to their ivory towers. Um, but they said the Hulk, Ant Man, Coke commercial, pure joy, and he really dug it. I enjoyed it too. It was yeah. a nice surprise. A nice surprise for me because I've been out of the office, so I didn't know it was coming. <laughs> so I thought it was pretty cool. Um, and last week pick was all new, all different Avengers number five. Just what game is Vision playing? And Jane is hammerless. Very good. Jody, Tolkien fan forever, tweets to Paul Reiser. Great interview on this wow. movie, Marvel. Uh, a lot of Jody, Paul Reiser fans. Jody, I love Tolkien as well. Please bring some J.R.R. Tolkien thunder to this podcast. Bring yeah. some questions. Badly needed. Yeah, it, uh, sorely needed. Uh, all right, anyway, Johnny Vinyl says, Ben, uh, ben is playing. No, not Ben, Ben. Yeah, he says, I've been playing as Blade in Marvel Heroes want to read more of his books any recommendations of stuff within the last 10 years uh, the last 10 years the best played stuff was probably when he was in Captain Britain and MI-13 uh, so good. or when he was just recently in Mighty Avengers oh, that was, that so was good. good too so those are two nice uh, blade spots I know that a uh, friend of the show Aubrey Citizen edited a Mark Guggenheim Howard Chaikin blade series that he loved I uh, this was back around 2006 or so right, like right before we started that. right before we started yeah but remember, he had one hand in it. Aubrey, Aubrey loves it. It's one of his favorite things he ever worked on. Working with Chaykin. Chaykin. What's Chaykin? What's Chaykin? Anyway, uh, Kyle Charles says, The vision makes me want to cry. I hope those are good tears. Or at least... I don't care. Yeah, no, we, we'll take your tears. Whatever emotion registers, yeah. Kyle says, Miles Morales' Spider-Man 1 was great first issue and looking uh, and really digging Blackheart's new look. Hmm. Haven't seen him uh, since, since Marvel vs. Capcom. I'm adding some words as yeah. I think that's what the meaning. It's a good interpretation because there are some missing words here, Kyle. But we'll do. We're doing our best. And um, Kyle just simply says, "Spider-Man, Deadpool is bananas." Bananas, or as Pat Patterson would say, "Banana." He would. I'll explain it to you later. Okay. Uh, Lance Presley, GL Presley, Mole Monster is an established character from Red She-Hulk. Thank you, Lance. That is uh, 1,000 twin points for you. Agent M, did you have a bet over how many Hamilton references you could work into This Week in Marvel? Because I approve. I don't, I don't really re- realize that I'm doing it, but, uh, you know, I'm not throwing away my shot. I watched, I wa- uh, I watched, <laughs> I watched their uh, performance at the Grammys. It was okay. pretty great. It was so good. The best part about that, that's, there's like 27 or 8 songs on the, if you listen to the, the soundtrack, that's probably like the 20th best song there, and that is still really good. I might just have to get the soundtrack since I... Do it. Since my attempts to get tickets are not going well at all. I, I, I want to go back again. It's so expensive. I know. So and it's so expensive. far away. I, like, I don't know where I'm going to be in four months. Mm. I could be in another country. There's most likely a and chance i You probably will be in another country. country. <sighs> it's like, did you know about the Harry Potter musical that's happening in England? Yeah. Did you know that uh, Marvel lawyer Dee Lee bought tickets? What? She just saw that it was on sale and just blindly bought like six tickets. 
not even knowing who she was going to take. She was just like, it's going to sell out. I need these. And so she just grabbed them. So sometime this year, she's going over to London to watch the Harry Potter stage play. I, you know what? I approve. Yeah. Got to respect that. That's, that's commitment. Gotta yeah. respect that. Really? You know, like, what do they call a Potter fan? Potterhead? Potterphile. Potter. <laughs> Can you go with that? Yeah. Potterphile. Potterphile. That's pretty good. Um, Where were we? Uh, so Lance, um, yeah, I'm going to try and work in as many Hamilton references as long as I remember to work them in. If I'm doing it subconsciously, that's kind of it's even It's creepy. Better. I mean, it's great. Yeah. Uh, reading the intro page to Spider-Man 2099, how exactly was Miguel O'Hara the Spider-Man of the year 2099 for years? <laughs> Lance Presley, you get one million twin points. That is awesome. I'm going to go to the Spider-Man 2099 office right after this and ask them... What is going on? That is tremendous. But that's, that's also, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't, I don't know if I can find a way to justify it. I was the rookie of the year. Can't justify it. No, can't do that. Uh, player, no. There's no, no. way around. No, it. no, it's great. That's Fantastic. awesome. Awesome point. Uh, and also from Lance, seriously, great job, Greg Weissman, in issue number three of Starbrand and Nightmask for remembering that Starbrand would not be 18 after two eight-month gaps. So Lance is our resident uh, chronologist from it. here on out. Yeah. Penelope Cat, so hard to pick a twin this week. Going to go with a tie, Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange. Loves the magics. Yeah. Other strong contenders, Rocket and Groot, Howard the Duck, Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, and Spidey. Very good. Rap AB says, heard the French Minister of Culture went to L.A. to get Marvel movies filmed in France. He, Raph hopes it's true. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh... Maybe. Uh, I hope we film in France. I love going to Europe, and if I can get a free trip to France at some point, that'd be great. Francais. Um, Raph says, can someone remind the Disney Games team that uh, Marvel Avengers Alliance 2 is not available, so promoting PvP tournaments is not smart or fair? Um, well, no, they... That is a good question. What they're promoting, I'm not sure, but I mean, there are beta players. Yeah. Um, people who are able to play. Uh, in certain countries, so I think that's who they're pushing it out to. But um, maybe we'll have a little discussion with them. Yeah, maybe. Uh, watching Agent Carter. Pretty sure I know how to propose now. Hashtag Sousa proposal. Yeah, that was a really cute. Yep, I uh, saw it. Was adorable. It was a good job. Good yeah. job, Sousa. Uh, We're all pulling for you back here at the base. Yes. Uh, this is an interesting one. He says uh, episodes of this week of Marvel recorded with Skype are in stereo. Blake Harris. Blake Harris can do something about it. Yeah. This happened again. Uh, we, I, we know that that's, it's, I know. it's happening. I know. Okay. We are working to correct it. Terrific. Hopefully we will not have to do any Skype recordings for a little bit. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, he says, this Daredevil trailer gave me chills. And I'll be in New York City when the season will be released. Very cool. Awesome. Uh, Raph says, big party at the Avengers Club. Wow. Let's see, he's got... Uh, it's got Falcon, Iron Man, Loki, and Black Widow yeah. all in the dance club. I know, I can't. I don't know if I can even put that many people in my dance club yet. You can put, you can put six. You can put six in your the dance level club? One, the level one, uh, whatever it's called, A-Club or something like that. I've just never had a reason to have more I've than two. I've had one point where six of them required dancing, uh. and Vision had to do the DJing. Oh, cool. It was I just like that. nonstop. Uh, Raph says, I'll be in New York City for two weeks, and I wanted to know if there's a place I could go to watch the Marvel shows live. Hmm. Uh, Find, like, a bar that's playing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. None that I know of. I, we really need one of those. Unfortunately, I think your best bet is your hotel room? Yep, probably. Yeah. 
Uh, Raph says, Peggy's love life is quite complicated, right, Mr. Jarvis? Yeah. She was she was getting smooched and not sure. All over the place. Oh, boy. And finally says, the last episode of Agent Carter killed me a little inside. Can't wait for next week. That's the goal. Yeah. Reynaldo reading Mike Benson and Hefte Palo's Moon Knight down south. Gritty, sweltering, classic. When do we get Moon Knight on screen? Oh, man. That'd be awesome. Be pretty cool. Uh, those are some good Moon Knight stories. I remember years ago, mm-hmm. there was some news story about Moon Knight being in development. Because we published it on Marvel.com. I mean, it might have been in like 2007. Everything's been in development at some point. But pretty we actually much. put something on the website. For Moon Knight. Interesting. Maybe a little bit later. I don't know. We'll dig. Yeah. We'll dig. Ricky Williams. Uh-oh, I've got to translate Ricky Williams. Did I see Thor kissing Captain America? Not Odin's son. First Scott and Jean, Black Vault and Medusa. Now this. You guys cut me deep. <laughs> awesome. Listening to 221.5. Excellent example of why not to skip .5 episodes. That was real good, Ben. Because that one was... That was intense. Which one was 221.5? Do we know that no, from memory? Ricky's... No, I know. Copy. Mm, I know. 221.5? I don't know. That's Meanwhile, cool. Ref Gimlin liked this week in Marvel episode 222.5 with the awesome Wayne Brady, a legend with incredible talents. It was great to hear him geek out. Yes. Wayne Brady was a delight. RP67 says, Imperious Rex means righteous king. Hmm. Like we talked about these already. Hmm. But you know hmm. what? So what? It's fine. Namor is a badass. Uh, RP says he does an amazing Wookiee impression. Happy to call in and demonstrate it. Oh, that no! What? Jesse, supposed to do a Wookiee no! impression? Please do your updated Wookiee impression, especially I now that Ben's so Yeah, I love, love to hear this. Into the podcast, thought it was forgotten about. No, no, this is great. You guys, I can't do it. This is Neither. great. We can rest our voices for a second. Yeah, please. I'm gonna drink some oh. water. Oh God, you guys kill me. You gotta do it. Part of the internship. This is part of podcasting 101. Yeah, don't make us call your class. Yeah. All right. This is dead air. I know. I'm just trying to prepare myself. Because last time I did something a little bit weird. Okay. Maybe it sounded. Did it sound? Oh yeah, he did pretty pretty intensely. We should call him in, and he can do it for me next time. Nope. No. You you don't. There's no. There's no tomorrow. Phone a friend on this show. (laughs) No lifelines. Yeah. All right. Well, my update is similar to my last one, and it is. (laughs) All right. (laughs) It's still just a raspberry. That's great. That's great. It's sound effects. It might look like a raspberry well, if you when go, you're doing it. If you go it and uh, if you go and see Star Wars by yeah, yourself, I'm have to practice. Yeah, then you can study. I just up can't figure it out. I just can't do it. It's in Are you guys going to do it now? That's a highlight of the show. No, no, that would be. That would, <laughs> we did that years ago. Yeah, RP67 says this is great. Circle of Quack Foo, mm-hmm. and um, it's a, a card of Howard the Duck as a villain in Deadpool's Secret Secret Wars. Hmm. Um, is that Marvel Legendary? Seventh Circle of Quack Fu. It might be Marvel Legendary. I think it yeah, is. Uh, RP67 says, still catching up. Sorry. Congrats on the promotions to both of you. I choose Team Iron Man. Oh, that was two separate tweets. Probably. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> because of your promotions, yeah. I choose Team Iron Man. Yeah. Usually when I put these together, I use bullets. Yeah. But when Alex puts them together, he just puts he just, them like... He just does whatever he wild. wants. He does whatever he wants. Yeah. Simon Sebs, here's the panel I was talking about two weeks ago. I wasn't here two weeks ago, so you can address this. I got no idea. All right. In honor of his retirement last week, which Marvel character reminds you most of Daniel Bryan? D-Man. D-Man? Yeah. That's a perfect choice. I don't think I can 
top that. Because he's so awesome and so like earnest mm-hmm. and heartfelt, and you are 100% behind him, but stuff keeps pushing him down and like stopping him from getting where he should be. And also, he, the best D-man has a bushy beard. Yeah. So, there you go. 100%. Good call, Daniel Bryan. We miss you. Thank you for everything. You are D-man. Uh, during the review of Scarlet Witch number three, I'm surprised Agent M didn't try an Irish accent. My ears, thank you. Oh, my God. I tried an Irish accent before I guess on the podcast, but it didn't work out too well. Seems to work. It seemed to be working out fine. It seems yeah. like it's working great now. <laughs> That's a little Scottish, too. Yeah. I can't figure it out. I think as long as you say Bagora, that oh, means it's Irish. That means it's Irish. My Irish eyes are smiling. If I turn back to my X-Men teaching me the different languages when I was a kid, Bagora was the... <laughs> Yeah. Was the signifier that Banshee was talking? Oh, 100%. Where he's, uh, if, it, if it was Wolfsbane or Moira McTaggart, who was Scottish, is I didn't ken. <laughs> I didn't ken. ken. That is Scottish. Yeah. If you like Irish entertainment, please check out uh, Moon Boy, which is a terrific comedy. There you go. Yeah. Sure. If you like Marvel Comics, check out Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. There you go. Boom. Because <laughs> why not? Uh, after reading Ultimates number four, I would really like to see Blue Marvel get his own series. You should go back and read Adam, Legend of the Blue Marvel, which was the original Blue Marvel limited series that he had debuted in. And hopefully I'll get another one soon. Yeah. Don't know if it was editing or bad audio, but most of your response to my email was cut off. Now we just don't like you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I don't know what happened. Sorry. I don't know what happened. I wasn't either. there. Uh, who is that? That was from Simon Williams? Yeah. That's weird. You've gotten enough replies from us over the years that you know that well, no, we I mean, like Sa- you. Simon's, I think it was, a, it was a serious email, I believe, if I recall correctly. Um, I honestly don't know why it got cut off. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. We, mm-hmm. I talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you made great points, Simon, if I remember the right email correctly. Uh, apologize. Apologies if we didn't get to, uh, if something happened to that response. And I don't have it in front of me, so I can't really accurately respond to it again well that's that uh last tweets of the week tech lord says contest of champions definitely does stand on its own i am enjoying it and have never played the game that's cool that's awesome and tech lord says finally i keep thinking i haven't tweeted to this with the marvel lately then hear a tweet i made and forgot glad i'm staying in touch good for you yeah you're doing it really well uh we did get an email from blue papa 371 asking us to dedicate uh, an episode of the show to a new movie that's out. Blue Papa, uh, <laughs> I appreciate the request. Uh, we'll keep it in consideration. Always in consideration. Shuffling papers. For your consideration, we hope you are reading those Infinite comics. We'll be talking about them as well as a bunch of comics we already read next week. No, in two weeks we'll talk Infinite comics. Next week we'll talk these comics. We'll do more question comments. Have to read all I know, we don't have to read so much stuff for next week. We're already prepared. I can catch up on all the stuff I missed. There you go. Perfect. This is Marvel, your universe.